And uh, despite the subject matter, the predominant subject matter of today's broadcast, I hope it was encouraging. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you're able to get into the Christmas everyday spirit. Kindness, generosity, grace, and mercy, goodwill toward men. Right? Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And let that be the prevailing spirit of the season and the year beyond. If we could do that, man, you never know. However, I have read the end of the book. And it seems to indicate that things aren't going to end well. Is that it, sir? Are we out?
Hello. Hey, I think we're hey. live. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure we have some sort of tech issue. Um, yeah. All right. Well, take it away. Thanks. Thank you, Chris. Uh, appreciate yeah. it, sir. I'll try to just add people from here and have a good day. You you as well. Great. Okay, folks. Well, you know, we had a little uh, tech startup difficulty, but I'll just try to add my uh, participants here. And uh, that should not be too much of an issue. Let's see. Add participants. And uh, we'll see how it goes. All right. I'm working on that. We have uh, one who's added. I'll add another. And uh, yeah, we'll just see if they're if they're connected momentarily here. But good afternoon, everyone, and welcome. Uh, you're listening to Republic Broadcasting, uh, just as you have been with Chris into the uh, late start here. But this is, of course, beyond the official narrative. And uh, I guess you're getting a uh, totally disjunct <laughs> beginning. But I, I should remind you, folks, this is actually uh, quite appropriately so. Being the last uh, broadcast, I'll be doing at this time slot. So I should make sure people are aware for future that I'll actually be a full six hours later with my start time. I know that's a lot for people to get used to. It's a lot for me to get used to. I mean, I used to do evening shows. It took a while to get used to doing uh, midday shows. And now I'm pretty used to that and been doing it pretty more or less as long as uh, prior. So now yeah, getting used to the transition uh, once again, uh, we'll be, we'll be curious, but uh, let's, let's just try this again. Okay. Good Afternoon, everyone, and welcome. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting at republicbroadcasting.org. Today is Friday, December 1st, 2023. I'm your host, Richard Carey, and this is Beyond the Official Narrative. I have with me a full panel on the roundtable Per usual, okay. Let's let's see who all uh, we we actually do have connected here. Mm -hmm. hmm, trying to get a visual. Okay, there we are. All right, <laughs> indeed, Stephen Douglas Whitener. I see you there. Welcome, Stephen. Yes, howdy. Thanks for having me, Richard. Sorry, RBN, about the technical difficulties. Live radio sometimes goes that way. Thank you all for joining us. And thank you for having me, Richard. Oh, absolutely, Stephen. We have Paul Edward Stevenson here as well. Paul, thanks for being here, brother. Good to be with you, chaps. Indeed. Indeed. And we have Wilhelm Felderhoff here today. Wilhelm, welcome. Okay. Ooh, okay, maybe he isn't here. All right, well, he was supposed to be here, and uh, perhaps he's just not aware. Uh, I did add him, so uh, I guess I'll have to tell him to join the other group. 
join other group. Okay, now he's having connection problems, perhaps. Okay, so yeah, you know, he's trying to be here, and uh, okay, we'll just see how that goes. And we may have uh, another joining. Uh, we'll see, though. But this is a, an interesting reunion of, well, I mean, Paul, Stephen, you, you've been with me for a long time. You know, we've all been on the radio for quite a while, uh, for a bit there. Uh, it was Revision Media, even. And Stephen, you said you were just reminiscing about that. I was actually messaging with Paul, uh, reminiscing the same. You know, I noticed he had a yeah. 4, 4 p.m. GMT UK time slot when he was on revision media and now uh, as you know fate would have it you know here on rbn uh, just saturday instead of monday yep. so yeah uh, paul uh, well yeah your your connection seems good and uh, you know not yeah i've been enjoying your your saturday shows now i'm moving in the evenings we'll see how that works out um, for you there but uh, yeah it's it's been great doing radio side by side all this time Mm. Yeah, it'll be no problem doing that show with you, particularly in uh, December and January, because I'm not uh, out working and gardening uh, until like February, March when the spring comes in. So, you know, I, I'm naturally pretty nocturnal. And so when I'm not like having to get up at like five thirty, six for, you know, that type of work, then I'm still active at uh Midnight, uh, certainly for an hour anyway, but probably to be able to do the two hours and uh, and then hit the sack about 3 a.m. It's not particularly unusual for me when, I, like I said, when I don't have to get up early in the morning. Cool. Great. And, yes, uh, well, Stephen and you have side-by-side, -side, of course, Saturday shows. Now, that's pretty cool, too. Stephen has what used uh -huh. to be fair and show slot. Uh, Stephen, you know, you will RBN Central Time. It's 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. And then Paul, of course, at 10 a.m. on Saturdays Central. Uh, so, Stephen, yeah, you, uh, yeah. you've certainly been transitioning here. You brought the Dixie Republic to RBN. Uh, thank you for that. I had hoped to be there live today, and I just could not get to TR in time today to do this roundtable. I was hoping to be there, but <clears throat> I'm going to be stopping by there this weekend. And, you know, we'll be broadcasting when I'm able uh, from from there in the future, too. So what There's happens? Call, yeah. Tell me about Dixie Republic. What, what, what's the crack with that? Well, it's like in one part tourist trap kind of store where it's but the the stuff that they're selling is pro south pro southern pro dixie what is it like a confederate shop? a shop it? at, it's a store a shop with clothing t-shirts uh books uh, uh some knives and uh <laughs> stuff like that a lot in of north books. carolina South Carolina. Oh, sorry, South Carolina. Oh, but yeah, it's very close. It's very close to the border, though. It is just a, yeah, yeah, just nice, across the, the border. Women have got nice accents in that part of the world. Uh, you feel right at home here, Paul. You would. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe you would, honestly. And yeah. you have like little get-togethers and stuff like that, where you have bars. Yes, we do. Well, I yeah, gotta, I got to get over there. I got to get over there next year to to America, and uh, I think you'd and, enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, so when, and it's local to me, and it's and it is a sponsor of RBN. And if I'm able to be there live, then I am. And I'm going to try to let people know ahead of time, you know, a few hours or a day the next time 
just in case anybody's in the neighborhood, but you have events there, pro-South, pro-Southern events, events. You, I, and I'm reminded, Paul, of this, you know, the get together you had with uh, Mark and uh, uh, what's it? Is it Patriot Front, right? Patriot not Patriot, Alternative. Pa- Patriot Alternative, not Patriot Front. Yeah, thank you for correcting me. Patriotic Alternative there, and uh, and you you were the keynote speaker there. You uh, uh, that was a terrific. Uh, 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 note uh, back then, and then that was like a week before Mr. Stadmiller uh, died too. That was just oh, yeah. those were that, those were <laughs> that was a hard you know, that was a high followed by just you know. Uh, but I remember those days, and you know that was I was think, thinking back on those times today because the, these guys, as uh, you, me, uh, Richard, uh, Mr. Felderhoff, you know, we were all part of the revision thing back then. Way many years ago uh, and it's cool that we're all still here talking uh together and sharing our ideas here uh, and more people are listening now too you know it's it's kind of gratifying in that and, and i want to congratulate all of you for for doing that uh you know and keeping this going and and i'm proud to be part of it well there i said it there <laughs> let me toss it back to you guys Oh, we didn't lose Skype again, did we? Man, that was difficult. I do have. Well, everybody seems to be on the screen and doesn't seem to have anything changed. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I see Willem is on uh, the call now, uh, muted. Uh, Willem, if, if you're able to hear us, if you get on mute. Ah. Yeah, I, I can hear you. It's, it's broken, though. The connection is really bad here. I'm in a hotel. Which is packed with uh, passengers from planes that have diverted. So there's a lot of uh, people using this Wi-Fi, I guess. Um, so you're already, I, are you already on your way to uh, to South America? No, I'm still in uh, in, at, in Amsterdam at the airport, Amsterdam. Okay, but uh, remind me again uh, where you're visiting specifically. Well, I, I'm. I you asked me where I'm going. This yeah. Weekend. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm traveling to Brazil, actually. And, uh, and you said for quite a few weeks, you might be there for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. that's the plan. But, of course, uh, I have some friends still in KLM. They're flying, actually, and that's nice. So it will be, for me, an experience uh, after 10 years uh, or even more now. It's like, uh, yeah, t- in 10 years, not not being in an airplane with KLM, for sure. And it's nice to see some uh, friends who are still operating these planes. So, uh some reconnection there and then i'm going to brazil just to meet friends who live there and um i've never been in that area and uh, i just go there to uh, to uh, to uh, enjoy the, the sun and the ocean and the nature that's beautiful and uh well i don't know when i'm coming back because things are really going fast in my view here in europe and i don't want to be trapped over there yeah indeed and and uh so you were thinking you might try to join uh, some of the evening shows, not the com- this coming week, but the week after that, once you're already settled there, right? Yeah, I, I, that's what, what I can do because uh, I think the time difference with Brazil from Europe is like four to five hours, uh, I think. Uh, so that might work for me because if I'm in Europe and your show is at seven, it will be like at one o'clock in the morning. That's just uh, 
for me uh, difficult to to just to, to maybe you know sometimes but not as a regular thing because i'm just enjoying the regular regularity of the nights and the schedule and just go to bed early and wake up early and uh that will break up the nights uh, for me too much certainly yeah and that's even an hour <coughs> later than the uk uh yeah one to three a.m is, is yeah it's pretty rough to ask on occasion like you say but yeah. okay, so so yeah, but perhaps the uh, yeah the week of the eleventh, uh, December eleventh week, maybe the uh, that Monday the eleventh, the uh, Thursday the fourteenth, uh, maybe the fifteenth, Friday as well. Uh, we'll see. Sure, Stephen. Stephen, you were going to say something. Yeah, nine a.m. Um, Eastern Saturday morning. What time is that for you, uh, Willem? Uh, if it's nine a.m. Eastern time, uh, that would be like six hours. So that would be. Uh, uh, at three o'clock in the night, yeah. in the morning. Oh, three in the morning for you. Nine a.m. for me is three a.m. for you. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I thought it yeah. would have been. Hmm. Yeah, six uh, hours. Six hours ahead of us, and in the UK, it's five hours ahead of, of uh, Eastern, Stephen. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But I definitely want to stay in, uh, in in contact. You know, I really appreciate it, and all you guys. Same. Mm-hmm. Same here. I'm just thankful. Uh, it's an honor to be with you guys, and it's always refreshing. Mm. It's uh, like really like uh, uh, some uh, some uh, sanity uh, which is left in the life yeah. and uh, getting connected <laughs> on an energetic level. Even it's literally like a frequency. So I will definitely try to stay in touch and uh, be on the show. And for the coming weeks, that will be no problem for sure. I look forward to that. And and, and Paul, uh, yeah, it hasn't been recently too many. Uh, times where we had the two of you together on the air uh, anything you'd like to to, to mention to Wilhelm here uh, maybe even about him going to uh, to Brazil <clears throat> well have fun have a safe trip I was actually thinking today you know I've always kind of wanted to go to Argentina um, and now of course they've got a new uh, president there who seems to be um, I don't know he, a lot of these types that they come in and like Maloney and in, in Italy they come in and People think they're going to bring radical change, but they don't. I think that he's a a staunch supporter of Israel as well. Um, But, you know, regardless of the political landscape, I've always wanted to go and uh, visit Argentina, you know. So, But anyway, yes, have fun, mate, and have a safe trip. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks very much. Appreciate that. Yeah, for me as well, I would like to see Argentina or... Uh, or I also hear good stories from Chile. Actually, some Dutch people live over there, and they uh, they are pretty happy over there. They're left alone. They live in the countryside. It's a huge country, a lot of space, and uh, mm. not much uh, involvement of government. Uh, they just don't mind, uh, you know, that you can still live there, sort of off grid in an autonomic way. Yeah. And it's uh, more white as well. I mean, in Brazil, you don't want to be living there as a gringo. It's always being on a high alert sort of level. Yeah, it's interesting. I met a guard at the airport um, about three weeks, four weeks ago. And, you know, I was talking to her briefly and she was from southern Brazil. And I was quite shocked. I mean, she had kind of light brown hair, really pale skin, a few freckles. If she had told me that she was like Irish or English, I wouldn't have been shocked. But um, she she was from Brazil, you know. She actually said that she, she thinks on... That her grandfather or her great grandfather had indigenous blood, and you know the indigenous uh, people out in some of those countries in like um, Ecuador and Brazil and whatever. But yeah, she looked like totally white, you know. Yeah, yeah. The south of Brazil is um, more. There's more south you go in Brazil, the more uh, 
white people living there, more European style uh, living, and uh, it's safer also. Well, that's maybe a coincidence, but uh, so it's mm. more easy there to be. And of course, a, from the war, there was a lot of national socialists went out to Germany, um, including Hitler, probably. Um, and so, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, remnants of the uh, of, of the German people there from uh, that fled there in the, at, the end of the, uh, at the end of the war, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I wondered go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was wondering if you knew anything about the latest saber rattling between Venezuela and this uh area west of the river there at the uh, uh in one of the Guyanas that they're going that the military conflict is ramping up right there at the northern part of Brazil. If you've heard much about that, Esquavito or something, I can't pronounce or can't remember how to pronounce the name of the river. And it's been disputed since before, you know, right after, you know, back to Bolivar's days and all that. And now it's come up uh, again because of resources, of course, you know, uh, gold and oil and things like that. <clears throat> and that was the latest thing I had heard about uh, South America, although I suspect the part of Brazil that you were headed to is farther south. I, I, the, you go far south enough in Central in South America, and you're going to get a temperate, you know, almost European North American climate too. In some regards, not exactly the same, but you know, same latitude, and then you're going to have some attitude kind of thing in a lot of ways. I think, even though I've never been there, y'all. I, you know, disclaimer, I've never been there except in my head. <laughs> and as, as far as other uh, topics for today, I mean, you know, I, I'm always coming across too many <laughs> news <laughs> stories to, to try to fit in. But I, I mean, I, I wanted to hear what you gentlemen wanted, wanted to bring up, thought was relevant, you know, um, you know, either local to you or, or an international I, mean, I don't know. Some people might already be getting fatigued and talking about the Gazan situation, much like they had about COVID or Ukraine. But nonetheless, I mean, it, it, well, it, it certainly has um, shifted a lot of people's perceptions. I, I, it is ridiculous, I want to say, how much you'll have these people, even these pro-Israeli uh, government types, pro-Israel types, who are comparing it, you know, as an equivalent of Pearl Harbor, you know, Israel's Pearl Harbor, oh, yes. that, that suggests that Hamas Ugh. is a legitimate army, um, when really this is just, you know, an excuse for them to slaughter people who really, you know, there's no, and and who's to say what? Uh, I mean, we know the history of Hamas, that's for sure. As far, and as far as, you know, did they let something occur that, that some people who think they're rogue actually started. I don't even think that's the case, but anyhow. Uh, okay. So there, I did it. I already brought up the topic. Um, I guess I'll have to go to the panel on that. Uh, Willem, would you like to start? Can you hear me? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it's, you're, you're just, oh, I'm almost speechless. Just like you say, it's just, Sort of tiring to just go over it and just mention the sheer insanity and and and, and evil what we're now being dealing with and uh, well, I'm witnessing here the elections in Holland. That's another uh, manifestation of this insanity, this clown world where we live in. It's complete upside down. People then uh, talking about these poor uh, 
Secretary of uh, Defense in, in uh, Blinken, who has to go to Israel to try to uh, influence the government because uh, the United States has control over the government in Israel. That's what they're saying here. So uh, they they try to, uh, to to get Israel to bomb less civilians. I mean, it's just if you watch it, it's completely sort of macabre, sinister cartoon. Uh, it is, but uh, we're dealing with reality. And it's just uh, it's just sad. It's just sad. And uh, at the same time, you're watching what's happening over here in Europe. That's uh, that's also sad. And um, it doesn't look good. So that's quite depressing. And some good things is that people see, I think, more and more people see that something is really off, something is wrong, and we are being fooled in, in different ways. And... Uh, but in many in, in many cases, that's too late, of course. If you see the desperation of people still trying to change the reality by voting, that's uh, another indication of where people are with their uh, mindset. And uh, so, yeah, it's um, but try to live more by the day as well and try to uh, focus on your own uh, sphere of influence and to stay, uh, you know, sort of uh, in an uplifted uh, state of mind. That's uh, that's already a, a big, uh, a big uh, thing to try to do. But uh, yeah, and as far as what's already going, yeah, and as far as what's already going on in Europe and in the United States, I'd add. I mean, that's already a turmoil uh, closer to home for us, so to speak. There's a lot more I could add there, but before I shift the topic, uh, let's hear from the rest of the panel, Uh, Mr. Stevenson. Yes. Well, what do you want to talk about, Israel? more i or what? In, well i mean yeah no if you're kind of exhausted like a lot of us on that I mean, what i was going to add was i mean there's already such an embedded anti-white agenda uh we heard recently about this this group of algerian teens who who killed someone in france you know a young a french boy and nothing other than because they were out to get white people and then i just heard close to my home uh here okay in in tampa Okay, in in Tampa, uh, Florida of the U.S., we just had a some rap concert. Okay, and this rapper had a bunch of uh, ghetto thugs as his uh, supposed hired bodyguards. Uh, This white kid comes up wanting to get a photo of his hero because he's taught to worship black people now. You know, uh, thug black rappers he's taught to worship. um, You know, not not any white role models. And, and, you know, he runs up to try to get a photo of him. Hey, hey, can I get a photo of you? And, you know, this is all on video. It's up on X. And, I mean, he, he gets knocked down by one and, like, stomped a few times by a bunch of others, like they do in their group behavior once, you know, it's just almost instinctive uh, because they've seen it so much uh, to do it. And, uh, you know, it, the, the kid wound up in the hospital with a brain bleed. We don't even know to what extent he may have brain damage already or whatever. But, you know, being killed just as easily or this somewhere maybe in between or I mean, it's it's we're still afraid of being considered racist to have uh, racial awareness, you know, as far as just to be able to have communities. We could appreciate white culture, hang out with other uh, white people, white art culture and all that. And, and, and or to talk about Jewish power, you know, afraid to be called racist for those things while it's already commonplace, you know, to attack and or kill whites, and then yeah, brag well, about it and yeah. get approval for it, get approval from it, uh, posting about it. But. Yeah, and there was an Algerian guy um, 
who attacked, you know, knifed three women, three children and two women in broad daylight in Dublin, which has caused all the controversy over there. And the vast majority of the coverage on this has basically been to, con- you know, condemn uh, those who were outraged and uh, responded, reacted to this uh, atrocity uh, by the Irish government and, and uh, the Irish uh, chief of police and everything else. And uh, they want to bring in more censorship laws uh, more quickly uh, as a result of Conor McGregor's posts. And there's an investigation into him. So the focus is always on, you know, the reaction to, to these kind of atrocities. And then... Uh, you know, rather than the atrocities itself. In fact, Leo Varadkar, the uh, half-Indian um, prime minister, of the Taoiseach of Ireland, uh, has said that uh, he doesn't want uh, anyone, uh, you know, associating or, or talking about uh, crime with immigration or, you know, draw, drawing connections with the two. Um, and then you had a, a media company over here called Ripped, R-I-P-T, who again were triggered a controversy over publishing the history of said Algerian immigrant. Not that it wasn't true, but you know they they can't. I think initially they tried to say they tried to suppress his identity and said it was an online conspiracy. And then you know the usual disinformation from uh, neo-Nazi groups, uh, you know, online uh, far right. And this was the immediate response. You would all you would think that the actual initial incident never occurred in the first place, um, and. Then they condemned them for when they when they reported that they were only reporting facts about this guy's history. Well, then they brought them up and they went, well, no, wait, wait, okay, but is, is it responsible? Is it responsible? Uh, it's very irresponsible. It's stirring up the hate. He said, he said, I, it's not for me to say what is stirring up. I'm reporting on the identity of this guy and his very patchy history because he was uh, on three occasions they attempted to deport the guy, and. Each time there was NGOs and, you know, human rights lawyers got in to extend his time here. And, uh, you know, eventually he got Irish citizenship and, you know, and eventually things got more liberal. But the the kind of rhetoric that's coming out of Ireland, it's so anti-white, it's so anti-Irish, and it's so, so disappointing. I mean, the the kind of self-hatred of of their own people, it's in the... you know, people talking in the in the Irish Parliament and the type of rhetoric you're seeing over there. Also, there was another story today where um, there's a, a brown guy, Nihal Arthan Arthani. I, I can't pronounce this foreigner's name, and he he apparently works in the BBC, which is one of the most woke anti-white places you could work in. And he said, "There's too many white people in in the BBC, and it's causing him mental health issues." And I think about that. He's what he's basically saying is making our argument for us in many ways. He's saying, if I'm not among my own people, if I'm in an environment, now let's just say he's right that it yeah. is more white in there. That he, if he's in an environment where he's not around people of his own race, well, he feels like it's mental. He's got it, it's causing him discomfort and mental health problems. Now, obviously, it's an absolute. You know, joke and a cheek to be saying that in a white country. Uh, you know, someone should advise him. There's a very easy solution to that. That <laughs> you know, that white countries which are white uh, on the global demographic are a minority. And there, are, last time I checked, there are many countries with people of his uh, his race and color where he can go and feel more comfortable. But he's making the argument for us because I remember when I lived in uh, a neighborhood where there was 
uh, you know, and just over the years, an increasing amount of brown people where I felt it was affecting my mind a lot because you just felt like you were, uh, you know, you felt like homeless. You felt like a foreigner in your own land. But if I said that, if I said, well, I'm living in a predominantly brown area full of Muslims and full of Indians, and, and I wanted to, say, go to the doctor and say, well, uh, yeah, I'm suffering from depression and uh, anxiety. Well, first of all, the doctor would be probably brown himself. But could you imagine if you said something like that publicly, if, if, if the shoe was in the other foot, if a white person said that they're suffering from mental health problems because, you know, the, the country is increasingly brown. But so, I mean, there's a lot to say there, but there's just, you know, these people are so comfortable and they're so aggressive to white culture. You know, no one can say, of course, well, it's a white country. You know, you could piss off. No, no one really wants you here anyway, you know. Stephen? Sorry, it was boomer mute. Thank you for <laughs> indulging me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it's very similar when I look around here. I was speaking with an old friend of mine who is a transplant from uh, uh, Queens, I believe. Queens around New York is where he grew up, and he moved down here. And I'm thinking 95, 90 something. And, you know, he still has that accent, but he said he'd been back up to New York recently. And the neighborhood he grew up in it used now at the time, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, he said this was literally a quote unquote multi ethnic uh, neighborhood. And the people at the time at least got along. And then, but since then, money had come in. And and bought everything up, and he said they came in cash and bought it up. And now, uh, well, it's Indian. That's what's bought. It. This that's the uh, what's bought locally there, and it, they turned it into a um, like a little India. You know what used to be a diverse neighborhood there, quote unquote. I hate to use that word, but you know what I mean. I mean a New York neighborhood where that's that's what you would expect for some of them. Queens, perhaps. Uh, I think this one was Queens. And there are a couple of other ones that were uh, more um, balkanized, but still uh, different groups that got along better then. And now, he, he said things had really changed there. I've never been there, but I was just, I was struck by how much he said it had changed in just the past few years. Well, let's uh, turn it back to uh, Willem. I should, I, maybe I should mention when this was posted on X, uh, the person who, one of the people who posted the video uh, mentions White Kid Asks Rapper Nardo Wick, is the name of the rapper, for a picture. And his bodyguards sent him to the hospital with a brain bleed. Again, they have the video right there. Uh, and then he said, and then the, the person posting it adds, Jew. Jew media has convinced white kids to worship street thugs. And, and, and honestly, there, there, there's so much truth to that. And, and it's part of, you know, this agenda. Well, a few agendas, the changing of the country and uh, something targeted at whites in particular. I mean, there are a few ways you could take that, but uh, directions you could go in that discussion, that is. But uh, Willem, would you like to add something? Yeah, well, it's, it's just... Um it's it's obvious that this liberalism is just the root cause. It's a, it's a mental disease, literally. I think uh, <laughs> in the book The Suicide of the West by James Burnham, written in, I think, 1964, 
something like that. Uh, he writes about uh, how liberalism will take down the West and uh, it's, it will collapse the, the Western society, the Western civilization. And we are, we are just now in, in a state of survival modus, and that's, uh, that's where we will stay the, the coming period, and it will become worse. Because liberals, they don't have any replacement for the structures uh, they just tear down. They don't have any replacement for it to just do what they do. They just are driven by this mental disease, this suicidal disease, uh, which it is. And... Um, that's what we see. So it's it's complete suicidal, and it's ongoing, and it will continue until real communists who are really serious and have a plan for what they want to replace it with, uh, then they will take down all these liberals when the when the thing is really teared, taken down. And uh, he's really writing this in this book. So if you see it like that, it's like really living in a mental clinic, and then uh, trying to make sense of it, which is impossible. And uh, so uh, yeah, and, and that's what you're dealing with. So it's, 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 I think it's really important to also dose the energy where you put your energy and focus your energy on what you read, what you see, and where where you go, and with what people you align yourself with, because uh, it's it's not uncurable disease actually, which you can only uh, sort of deal with in a, in a very rigid way. And uh, therefore, it's so good to. Uh, you know, uh, with this, with the RBN ch channel, that we uh, we can connect in uh, at least online and and talk about these issues for what they really are. Paul, yeah, I think I think it is a psychological condition because it's 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 apparent to to hate your own culture. You know, we we don't see this anywhere else around the world, uh, and we see it within our own countries when we bring in. Uh, these different groups, uh, you have, uh, you know, these different ethnicities, and then you have, you know, the celebration of their cultures. But like I said, I was shocked at just how anti-Irish and anti-white the uh, some of these uh, talking heads in the media and some of these uh, politicians are in Ireland. I mean, some of the rhetoric coming out of them, it, it's just disgraceful. You know, even Leo Varadkar himself, you know, there's, there's a a clip of him talking about yes i think now when uh, you know ireland needs to sort of uh, you know increase its uh, number of uh, ethnic minorities and uh, as yet we're still too white in our institutions here and i'd like to see more uh, but th this, this parliament is uh, overwhelmingly white and uh, and we need to see more white jo uh, brown uh, people of uh, uh, brown and ethnic minorities in in, in politics and in our uh, judiciary system and they just they just say it they don't actually say why and this is like a condition you see it's this uh, um, this assertion, this assumption that that this is a good thing, that this is what we want. We need to keep. We need to keep increasing it. Well, who says? I mean, this never gets challenged, and if it does get challenged, you get called far right, a neo-Nazi, a hater. Listen, anywhere around the world celebrates their own cultures. They have borders. Uh, they love their own culture. They celebrate it. So, yes, it's an aberration, and I think it is a mental sickness, yeah. Stephen? Yeah, I, let me elaborate a little more on that situation. This um, neighborhood, you know, that my friend said these people tried to come together, he said, quote, unquote, as Americans, that they were, you know, all <laughs> different. But as like they were here first kind of thing, but this more monolithic uh, culture with their own uh, rules and money and, and, and banks even were coming in and using cash to buy out everybody else who was trying to preserve their 
neighborhood, but it was so diverse that it was easy to knock it over. It is kind of was kind of his point, you know, that this that they are coming after anything that's um, pro white, and especially that maybe is even mostly white, because there's some solidarity to stand with, even this this construct we have of the Constitution and our sacred um, government uh, history that that people are deluded by that thinking they're standing for something when they're standing for that they're just standing for the government to come do to them whatever it wants because you know it protects uh, the government from us and not us from the government most people don't realize that that that's the that's another really sad fact and you couple those two together and you know, it could be kind of black pilling, but the fact that we are all recognizing it and wanting to do something differently now that that does give me some hope. Yeah, I, I just heard someone on the air the other day reminding listeners that even if you look in this country's founding documents, there's actually no pr- provision uh, justifying uh, police forces, local uh, police authorities in the in the current form. Uh, they're in. But of course, you know, most everything is incorporated, you know, localities. I mean, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of totalitarianism in, in, in the capitalism we just see as corporatism. Well, there's a mouthful. But, and also <laughs> and also, Richard, you know, the, 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 these people, you know, are oblivious to irony uh, constantly and they're on, you know, odious uh, willful blindness because by the very, you know, they call these people in Ireland who reacted to this as, uh, you know, inciting hatred. And they're talking about Conor McGregor's text or, you know, um, ex uh, posts as inciting hatred. But it's fair game all constantly to make statements which, by their standards of inciting hatred, is inciting hatred towards white people. And you do see an increase of it. Attacks on white people. Wasn't there a guy over there who went into a school to, to kill white Christians? And you have yep. Marek Garland, the Jew, who's the uh, uh, attorney general over there, saying the greatest threat that America faces is uh, white supremacy. And, you know, all this kind of talk by any any measure of standards. Now, you just turn right around. And if somebody said the greatest threat that America faces and, you know, is Jewish supremacy, which is much closer to the truth, that would not be tolerated. That would be immediately branded and condemned and probably with the, the weight of the law involved uh, as anti-Semitic. But you can say it about white people. And so, you know, this has got to stop. This has got to, you know, be turned around at some point. But the problem is they, they've sewn up the institutions and these politicians, when they get into positions of power, they are constantly pushing narratives and policies to to increase the hatred of, and, and suppression of white people and their interests and to with the hate speech laws and things like that to silence any kind of dissent or any assertion of your right to your identity as a white person, you know, and your culture. Willem? Yes, well, it's, it's also interesting to refer to this work of Aristotle in politics. He's really addressing the whole issue of mass immigration, diversity, and uh, multiculturalism immigration in this this uh, in this work. And uh, I think that's really important to uh, to look back and what happened in history. But you can really see that this is a weaponized. Uh, thing against whites and the immigration of different people was always a source of conflict. It led to civil war 
and, uh, and 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 eventually to ethnic cleansing of either the native people or the invaders. And uh, if you read this uh, this work, also referring uh, later not Aristotle, but also what happened in Russia with the Bolsheviks, where you had these non-Russian uh, ethnic groups dominating. Um, uh, in, in the in the secret police and in the Bolshevik tyranny, they don't have any, uh, you know, they don't feel any solidarity with the groups. That's why they uh, these tyrants of, often use these merc- often foreign mercenaries because they don't have any solidarity. And that's the scary thing, of course. We've been flooded with these, uh, well, whatever it is, and uh, many of them are probably mercenaries in whatever form. So we're heading for this for a chaos. Uh, you know, for chaos in a certain way, and that's that's really what we have to face. Uh, that's we've not been used to that, of course, the last uh, decades for sure. In our generation, my generation, for sure, had it quite easy. Actually, I went in the army, but uh, most are now just sort of sitting ducks and uh, and weak. But um, maybe it's it's also in a certain way a good thing because it's sort of awakened. It's a sort of fire and a sort of solidarity. It, it sort of filters out, you know, the uh, the the pollution, and uh, it it confronts you with reality and not in a dream state. So it, it might also have good stuff, but and we don't know where it's going, of course. But um, yeah, it's a complete anti-white, and more and more people start to see it as well. That's also a good thing. Yeah, and I think it's a good thing what's happening in Ireland because. Ireland doesn't fit the narrative in many ways. I saw somebody made some interesting comments that I hadn't even really thought about myself. But, you know, Ireland, for example, you know, this is an obvious one. It, it not only hasn't, it can't be guilty of the colonial uh, label in their history. But they have a history of being colonized, partic- you know, particularly with the British. And, um, and, you know, they've been invaded several times. They're invaded by the Vikings and others and stuff like that. And and so I heard someone say that, uh, you know, because of that, um, well, f- first of all, they don't fit the narrative. But secondly, they've been victims of, of colonization. And mm-hmm. and that also because it's a small population and because of their history of being uh, colonized, that they, they are maybe perhaps are more ethnocentric than, than other European nations because of a small population and because of the history of uh, invaders. And, and that they are, you know, more likely to react aggressively to this. And I thought it was interesting because there are things about, you know, the Irish which are are different uh, in that regard. And, you know, I, even when I looked at the comments, you know, people, for whatever reason, rightly or wrongly, they feel very warm towards Ireland. I even saw in the comments of some of these videos, you know, black people saying that, you know, black people shouldn't be in Ireland. And that, you know, they enjoyed visiting Ireland and they thought it was a beautiful place and the people were very warm and welcome. Well, now you go to Dublin, it's not so warm and welcoming anymore. You know, like like this Algerian has proved, you know, in broad daylight, he, he stabs very, and they're still in critical condition, three children and two women. And so there's a lot of sympathy, you know, for, for what's happened in Ireland over, over uh, recent weeks and, and generally, but now that this has been highlighted. And of course, Conor McGregor, you know, is a very famous guy um, worldwide and particularly in America. And there's a lot of sympathy in Ireland because of the Irish diaspora in Ireland. So, yeah, I think um, they need to be careful. The Irish government need to be careful uh, because, you know, this this could has the potential to, you know, to bring about change not only in Ireland, but to encourage people 
to affirm their identities, you know, unapologetically that, uh, you know, having a passport or having citizenship does not make you more Irish or, or more French than, than genuine French people or Stephen? Irish people. Stephen? Boomer mute alert. Boomer yes. <laughs> mute, you know, I apologize, yeah. Well, being from Dark Corner, Scots-Irish is very predominant around here, too. You know, when we look back to that, there's this um, book uh, I have a PDF of. I've been reading some of Born Fighting, I believe is what it's called. It's a, uh, I forgot the subtitle, but it has to do with the history of the Scots-Irish in America. And... I trace a lot of my, you know, my ancestors back through Dark Corner up through there. Uh, okay, I guess we're cutting uh, cutting the break. Go ahead, Stephen. Okay, yeah, sorry, back again. I, yeah, I have always associated with people up toward the mountains more myself and, you know, the moonshiners were independent you know they they would rather go hide out in the mountains than to give in to the government a lot of my ancestors would so that you know that that that's where i'm coming from and have for a while my dad tried to put that in well on, on the one side my dad put the anti-war uh and the you know who was really responsible bankers wars idea into me on the other side put the uh independent moonshine in the dark corner kind of uh um, I guess uh, spirit into me. <laughs> that's, right. that's in, in that side of my ancestors. Yeah, looks like we have I, a call. Looks like we have a caller. Uh, sure, I noticed Bruce in the Carolinas. Uh, welcome, Bruce. Welcome. I guess everybody's talking about what's going on in the Middle East. Is that right? Well, yeah. No, a lot of people can't help but uh, with everything it's affecting, sir. Well, Richard, um, uh, this is what's really going on over there uh, behind the scenes, and that is uh, you've, you've heard about the genocide that's going on. Everybody has. But the whole purpose in uh, getting the Palestinians out of there is the oil and gas reserves that are underneath the Gaza Strip and also offshore. That's what it's all about. There's over $500 billion worth of um, uh, oil over there, and that's, that's what the Israelis want. They want control of it. They don't want Palestine to get control of it. Yes, no, I've, I've heard a couple of different sources mentioning this. Stephen? I would say there's something to do with a canal as well, another canal to uh, um, compete with Suez. There's talk of that as well and has been for years. And Yes, I heard that. Yeah, like a two-boat-wide uh, canal to compete that there, there's talk of, and that would be, uh, well, the one end of, of it or mouth of it would be near uh, right where Gaza is, but... Yeah, no, definitely there could be a lot of uh, developer uh, incentives there, Bruce. Uh, anything else? You're anti-Semitic for pointing out that coincidence. Anything else, Bruce, you want to add? Maybe we lost him. Uh, okay. Uh, Willem, would you like to comment on that? Yeah, well, that, that is part of it, I think, as well. That is, uh, that is a good reason uh, for what's happening. Partly, I think it's so multi-layered and for different reasons, religious reasons and what more, economic reasons. And uh, and 
parts it's also affecting uh, the western countries as, as well that's also part of it i think there are many reasons uh, that this is happening but it is happening yeah that's for sure paul yeah that's part of it you know and you know i think you get biden is in a bind because if he looks left at his uh, social justice warrior border block then he's in trouble if he keeps the support uh, of israel but if he looks right you know he, you know, he, he's got his donors to consider, and essentially, you know, Israel, uh, the Israeli lobby, control, uh, you know, U.S. foreign policy and much of the Congress. So, you know, he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. But, um, you know, this idea that they can eradicate uh, Hamas is nonsense. Uh, Hamas are deep underground, and they are just ethnically cleansing the place. And today, that uh, the ceasefire. Uh, is or the uh, the truce is over, but you know the Israelis are blaming the Palestinians for uh, violating the the conditions. But I think it was only extended for one more day anyway. But the the fighting has continued. Um, but I, I do think if they continue this um, slaughter in the south of Gaza, where most of them are now, then I, you know there. I, I think you will see this war. Uh, escalating, you know, certainly much more involvement from Hezbollah, I believe. And there's nothing really the Israelis can do except flatten the place because they are, you know, they haven't really got the stomach. They're very squeamish for, you know, losing their own soldiers. And if they really want to uh, get rid of Hamas, they're going to have to go in there and uh, engage in very, very ugly uh, you know, urban warfare and go into those tunnels. And they're not going to do that. They're just going to flatten the place and they just want to ethnically cleanse the place and get rid of the Palestinians. And part of it is that uh, those uh, oil reserves and things like that. But also, you know, they've had this greater Israel plan for years. And, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of thinking that now is the time to, to launch this uh, greater Israel plan, you know? Stephen? Well, oh. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know what. There's no way that they can ever uh, pull the curtain back in front of it. That we're just defending ourselves. Really, you know, you're turning this into Dresden. The whole world sees what you're doing. There's this black comedian who's Cat Williams, who's talking about how you know in Hollywood they just do the drugs right in front of you, and he's going like. Don't you know I can see you? I mean, the bit he does, it's like Israel's to the point that now we're, we're burning babies alive, you know. And don't you know we can see you is kind of the attitude I've adopted. There's a local talk radio here again who's talking talking of Hamas. Hamas supposedly burned someone alive in a cage. And I was thinking back, he was talking about ISIS doing all this stuff, behead. And does he not know McCain was caught with a phone, with green screen, with all of these uh, psyops <laughs> on there? Nobody acknowledges that in any media except ours. It's very frustrating, you know, when, when you realize what's going on, but there's still this high-dollar money. They were talking about a billion dollars. To go behind Nikki Haley today, okay? They're going to put the Koch brothers going to put a billion dollars behind Nikki Haley. I mean, come on, why? What what clown world, y'all? Anyway, <laughs> it's great to be on the round table with y'all today. I'll toss it back to you. We're getting near to the yeah. Yeah, yeah a, a final uh, retort, Paul. Yeah, no, it's uh, you know I've sort of covered some of the most of the things I wanted. 
to uh, to mention really. So, but thank you for having me on today. Yes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, thank you both. And uh, Willem had to leave a couple moments ago uh, due to his uh, traveling conditions. Thank you, folks, for listening. Remember, I'll be starting uh, 6 p.m. Central on Monday, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Central. So uh, do check it out in that time and support Republic Broadcasting Network. Please go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on that donate page so that we will speak again soon. And until then, transcend the construct. Regards. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. You're listening to Real Talk Radio. Only on the Republic Broadcasting Network.